Welcome into Fantasy Focus. My name is Daniel Dobb, joined by Mike Clay. Mm-hmm. Fantasy Focus is presented by Geico. Insurance can be hard, Mike. That's why Geico makes it easy with a 24-7 claim service and on-the-go policy info in the app. It is easy to Geico. It is you and I today, mm-hmm. hanging out, talking sure about everything that happened on week 14. It's good to see your face. How you doing, man? Yeah, it's good to see you as well. A uh, lot to get into. Um, unfortunately, stuff. more injuries. So many. Like, uh, it's the year is 2023, okay? Don't we have the technology to just stop injuries? Turn injuries off. Like, just have a button. Like, yes. imagine. Just shut I'm off injuries. Because I'm tired of it. And it makes our job even harder as well, trying to figure this stuff out. But it stinks to watch uh, some of these star players go down, especially someone like Justin Jefferson, just coming back from the injury. Yep. And uh, quickly leaves the game. So, uh, I've had enough of it. I've, I've had, had enough had of it, too. I'm about as mad about it as Patrick Mahomes was. <laughs> Yesterday evening about NFL officiating, uh, but I don't want to get fined. So yes, I'm not gonna, that's fair. I'll that's, leave it there. That's a good point. I'll leave that's it there until later in the show. Yeah, we'll dive into that a little bit. We are definitely going to talk about Patrick Mahomes, uh, but mm-hmm. you mentioned it. We have a bunch of other stuff we're we'll getting into, but we're going to start with injuries because, again, it is sort of like the focal point of the week with the guys that we had get hurt. We got Justin Jefferson back for the first time mm-hmm. in two months, Mike. He caught two catches before leaving the game with a chest injury. They actually took him to the hospital. They wanted to make sure there wasn't anything internal that was going on there. So Mm -hmm. right now, what we know about Justin Jefferson, came in, played a handful of snaps, caught two balls, left immediately. And right now, as it is, it sounds like he has avoided any serious injury. But Kevin O'Connell has not said what it is going to be as far as this week goes. Do you have him in the projection for week 15? I do. I have him in the projections right now. And to be clear, I liked what I saw out of the gate. 13 snaps, three targets. I'll yep. take that. It was it was a good start. We were wondering what the connection would look like between Josh Dobbs and Justin Jefferson. And that duo was off to a good start. Of course, Josh Dobbs might be done as a starter yeah. in Minnesota, which is another story. Of course, Nick Mullen stepped in there. And by the way, he looked fine. Nine of 13, 83 yards. Yep. Uh, so maybe he could hold down the four and keep Jeff, uh, Jefferson afloat as a wide receiver one in fantasy. So uh, we'll keep an eye on this one for now. We're not sure if he's going to play in week 15 and obviously we'll update later in the week if he goes. Yeah. The only positive that I would say coming from this injury is the fact that it's not a re aggravation of the hamstring that has been out yeah. with it. It was something <laughs> different. Right. And so yeah. hopefully because of that, we find out it's not that serious. We're able to move on and Justin Jefferson will be back for our fantasy lineups mm-hmm. in week 15. Not the only guy though there. Alexander Madison also went down with an ankle injury. Mm -hmm. This one's been a little bit tougher to figure out, Mike, because when I'm looking at stuff, I see that there's an ankle injury, but there's not a lot of updates right now as far as what he is looking like, not just for this week, but beyond. So right now, when he went out, Ty Chandler, the guy that came and filled in, if Alexander Madison misses any time this week or beyond, seems like Ty Chandler is going to be the guy. Yeah, I think so. Uh, Kenny Nwangu is there. They have Miles Gaston and uh, Dwayne McBride on the practice squad. So one of those guys could be involved, but it would be Ty Chandler most likely is the lead back. We saw a little bit of that in this game. 56% of the snaps, 12 carries three targets mm. uh, a couple of weeks ago. We saw a little bit of upside from him was over a hundred yards, only at 14 touches uh, in that game. However, this was a situation we were trying to avoid already yep. with Alexander Madison, and Ty yep. Chandler, and we're probably going to do that. Even if Chandler's the lead guy, now he would be, you know, he's a fine waiver ad could be a flex option for you. Uh, but keep this in mind, the Vikings running backs as a whole 29th in fantasy points. They only have five touchdowns. Wow. Only the Packers have fewer. They still have to play this week. So they oh can actually, gosh. the Vikings can end up last in running back touchdowns. If uh, AJ Dillon perhaps finds the end zone tonight, uh, Aaron Jones reportedly will not play in this game. So if he's in your lineup, make sure you have uh, a fallback option there. But yeah, look, we'll add Chandler. Well, I, you know, I'm probably going to rank him in the 25 to 30 range. 
Certainly not a lineup block. Not a, yes, exactly. Uh, unfortunate. This Vikings game was just tough. Josh Dobbs gets benched, <laughs> like you said. The score was three to zero. They came what away year with this a again? win. What year did I say? Twenty twenty three, and the score was three to zero at the end of the game. Nineteen twenty three, you said. It's, That's what year it is. It three to nothing. Like it, watching that game. What is going on? We had this offense was just soaring and getting better every year, and then all these rules to help the defenses, and everyone was complaining about that. And we're protecting the quarterbacks. Everything's built around offenses. And in the last couple of years, it's like the opposite. Yeah. Defenses are taking over. Offense is going the wrong way. No one wants that. Well, no one wants that. Defenders want that. But no, we don't no, want no. that. No, no one in fantasy no. Oh, no, wants no. that. Okay, defenders <laughs> play their game and then they go watch the games. I don't think they're that's like, yeah, okay, yeah, I love fair. this 3-0 game. This, uh, who is off this week? Uh, Arizona in the Commanders? Yes, uh, I'm just any any defender like uh, Buda Baker. Okay, he's on Arizona. He was on a bye. I don't think he was sitting at home like, yes, great it's stuff. a great game. Maybe he was. I don't defense. know. Maybe, maybe, maybe they <laughs> are into defense. Maybe they are. But I think we all... Uh, love high scoring games in Madden or watching games or college football, you know, whatever it is. We like, we like scoring. Uh, it's going the wrong way. They got to yeah. fix this. I did not love three to zero. It's going to be interesting to see what this Vikings team looks like with Nick Mullins under center. If he is going to be the guy, even we're not totally sure who mm-hmm. the quarterback is going to be. So I assume he will be, uh, he didn't, it's not like he stepped in and was awful. Right. Uh, and he was supposed to be the backup. He was on, uh, I think he was on IR, the PUP list to open the season was out for about eight weeks with an injury. Uh, but if not for Dobbs, if they, if they didn't get Dobbs, he went somewhere else. Mullins would have stepped in for and the guy once healthy would have stepped in for yep. Kirk Cousins. All right, let's talk about another quarterback. Unfortunately, Justin Herbert. This one was tough. Broke a finger in this one. Ended up mm-hmm. leaving the game. Easton Stick came in to be able to be the signal caller in this one. Mike, it sounds like we're not going to have Justin Herbert, at least for this next game, but potentially for the rest of the season. Yeah, season's probably over for the Chargers after dropping this game against Denver. Uh, I believe they're, what, five and eight now? Uh, So probably not going to make the playoffs. Herbert's hurt. Would not be shocked if he's out for the rest of the season. So a big loss for them. Uh, Stepping in to Easton Stick, 13 of 24, 179 yards. He's been around for a while. Mm -hmm. Uh, 2019, he was drafted. He He entered this game. You know how many pass attempts he had in his career coming into this game? I'll say 95. One. Okay. One pass attempt. Okay. And it was in 2020. <laughs> uh, so not great. Uh, very inexperienced. Didn't look super sharp in this one. Uh, took Had a few bad plays, but did have 179 yards. So honestly, we just want to keep Keenan Allen afloat mostly. I don't think we really care about anyone else. Maybe Josh Palmer is a flex. He could be back uh, this week. I actually have him in the first round of projections for this week. I suspect Palmer might be back this week. So we'll keep an eye on that. Maybe if those two guys can stay afloat, we're happy. Otherwise, we're not touching Quentin Johnson or nope. Jalen Guyton, who lost some work in this one, or Gerald Everett. Austin Eckler, obviously. Uh, we'll get to him later, I believe, or certainly this week we'll talk about him. Board bet. I had a board bet with Field. Yeah, you Gotta talk about how to, how to bounce back game. So uh, that's good, but definitely a little nervous about the outlook of this offense without Justin Herbert. And I just hate the idea that even though Justin Herbert has struggled, we both know that, right? It has not been Justin Herbert. Ups and downs for sure. Yeah. It sucks to lose a starting quarterback period. I don't care if it's week 14, we're still got the fantasy playoffs ahead of us. Like we're seeing so many backups come in and play. And it's not that I don't, want those guys to get their own opportunities. No, you don't. But the you game is just better with starting What did we just talk about? We want right. offense, exactly. right? You don't want those backups in there, right? Exactly. The state of quarterback is not great anyway. And then we have all these, uh, at least at the bottom, you know, the yes. first like first like 16 to 20 quarterbacks, if everyone's healthy or fine or great or good. Uh, after that, it's not great. Not great. And now we have all these injuries. Yep. It's certainly the theme this year is quarterback injuries. Yeah. All right, well, let's move ahead and we'll talk about some... Actually, you know what? Let's talk about one other quarterback injury that we have here. C.J. Stroud, unfortunately, banged his head on the ground when he was getting sacked by Quinn and Williams, which looked like unfortunate just the way that it happened. 
Mike, this game for him was brutal. And I think I saw that you tweeted it. You were like, this feels like a throwaway game, right? Nico Collins got hurt in this one. And we'll talk about that too. Tank Dell is gone. He doesn't have his top tight end in Dalton Schultz. They're taking on the Jets. Like there were a lot of things. The weather was bad. The weather weather was was really tough. So this felt like a throwaway game for CJ Stroud. It just, it it wasn't a great one. Hopefully we'll find out. We're not sure yet as far as the concussion goes, but um, ideally we're going to hope that we can have him next week taking on the Tennessee Titans. Just didn't feel good. I'm going to throw this one out. I'm not going to, I'm not going to hold it against him. Yeah. There's a lot of reasons to be excited about him. This is, I don't think this game is a reason to drop him in our rankings, right? It was just terrible. All, all, all around and, and it happens sometimes we've seen great quarterbacks have bad days and bad conditions with injuries around all those kind of things so not too worried about it uh if he plays this week he'll be ranked as a starter for me mid-range qb1 if he's out we're obviously gonna have to downgrade the houston offense quite a bit from you know we know what we've seen in years past davis mills did have six multiple touchdown passing games and multiple passing touchdown games last yep. season yep. as far as backup quarterbacks go you could certainly do a lot worse so there's at least hope for some of these guys to hang on the fantasy radar uh, of course, the main guy would be Nico Collins. Yep. As you just said, he might not play either because he went down with an injury. Yeah, he left with a calf injury in the first quarter of the game. Only had one catch for 13 yards, 2.3 fantasy mm-hmm. points to not have both Tank Dell and Nico Collins for an entire game against the New York Jets defense was definitely leaving CJ Stroud shorthanded. If there was someone that I was going to look at, Noah Brown was going to be the wide receiver that I was hopeful mm-hmm. was going to step in. Didn't really see a whole lot there. It was just tough sledding in this one. So hopefully we get Nico Collins back for CJ Stroud and they can both play for us in week 14. Yeah, snap leaders at, at receiver with Collins going out. Woods had 38. Uh, Hutchinson, Xavier Hutchinson, the rookie at 38. Yep. Noah Brown, 35. John Mechie at 25. Brown and Mechie actually had five targets to tie for the team lead. It was three for Woods and three for Hutchinson. I agree. Noah Brown would be... Uh, the priority here, if uh, if if Nico Collins is out, number two, I guess, is Robert Woods. But I mean, the other guys, I'm, I don't know if I would have messed with them. That's kind of a lottery between the other three. Uh, and that'll also depend on if CJ Stroud plays. If he's out, you could pick maybe Noah Brown if you want to throw him in your flex. But I think this offense might be safely ignored if Collins is out and CJ Stroud's out. Yeah, it's crazy. Like this is this is part of what's tough right now right because we're going into week 15 fantasy playoff time and now that rookie quarterback that a lot of fantasy managers may have been using we might have to look and see whether or not we got to make plans at least yeah. just in case we're not sure if he's going to be back with a concussion you like, never this know this is ridiculous now yeah. all the injuries we've had and now stroud and herber too like yeah. it's just that is tough hopefully we get nico collins back as well and that, that will be you will be healthy there another guy that got hurt this week Josh Jacobs with a knee injury left in the fourth quarter. And he did not have a great game leading into this one, being that it was that Vikings game. The entire Raiders offense just looked difficult. I mean, there was no efficiency here for this one. If Josh Jacobs doesn't play, I'm going to assume that Amir Abdullah and Zamir White and a few other guys are going to fill in. But again, because we're going into week 15, they're not guys I'm going to use in my fantasy playoffs if there's no Josh Jacobs. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, first of all, if Jacobs is able to go in this one, he's been a certified mid-range RB1. He's held up for the most part, had that really slow start. He's bounced back. And uh, as long as you hold up, which, by the way, impressive durability. Yeah. I mean, the running back position, it's so hard to put together two full seasons. And he's on track. I mean, even when he gets hurt like this, uh, in the past, and we thought, eh, he's looking doubtful. He ends up playing and being effective. So uh, props to him. It's hard to be this durable at this position. Just no one, literally, no one does it. <laughs> and, and, you, and he has. You mentioned it, but especially coming out of last year where he led the league in touches, had almost touched the ball almost 400 times. Yeah. So to be it, yeah. able to do that, I mean, that's incredible. Yeah, we talked about that a lot in the offseason, the fact that there's only a handful of running backs that have appeared in every game 
over the last uh, two seasons. And one of them was Devin Singletary, who was not a full-time player. He was yep. mostly rotated in with other uh, running backs, but Josh Jacobs perhaps can do that uh, this season. But the other part of this, what are the fallback options? What are the plans? So if you look at the running back usage without Jacobs on the field yesterday, 15 snaps for Amir Abdullah had one carry, two targets. He's already been used as kind of a, a situational pass catcher in the past with uh, alongside Jacobs. And then Zamir White, five snaps, two carries, zero targets. My expectation here in a good matchup, by the way, to play the Chargers this week, plus matchup would be you're going to see most of the carries go to Zamir White, right? So probably 12 to 15 carries for him, maybe five to seven for Amir Abdullah. But when they're throwing the football, I would expect a lean toward Amir Abdullah. who could yep. see four or five targets. So, uh, and by the way, goal line work goes to the bigger back. Generally, uh, that would be Zamir White. So he'd be the priority add for me, uh, but no more than a flex because they're going to use two guys in an offense that scored zero points this week and has not been too formidable. So uh, White is the priority, but I wouldn't spend much fab on him. Again, week 15, potentially fantasy playoffs if it hasn't started for you already. No teams on a bye. So that means that with nobody on a bye and those player pools as deep as they are, the likelihood of me starting these guys is only if my team is just either ravaged by injuries mm-hmm. or I'm in a super deep league where I just don't have a ton of options. Otherwise, I kind of want to find a better option. So what you're saying is, let's hope Josh Jacobs let's plays hope in this he's game. back and healthy. Let's hope all the guys that we just talked about that can be back in week 15 are back in week 15 because mm-hmm. the game is just more fun when we have superstars like this, Mike. It just yes, I'm, I'm with you and we'll see. And we didn't even get to like, Brian Robinson hurt before the bye. Yep. Like, is he going to play in this one? He, I'm not going to project him at the moment. So we'll mm-hmm. see. Remember, he got hurt. So uh, we've a lot to work through this week. Stefani's going to be busy. Very, as usual. very busy. Absolutely. Yep. All right, Mike, we're going to dive into our week 14 recap coming up after this. But first, we're going to take a quick break. Help us pay some bills. All right. Do you want me to go first on this one, my friend? Yeah, you do it. All right, let's do it. No matter what team you're rooting for, I root for the Eagles. Who do you root for? I root for the Lions. You do? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What about you? Yeah. Yeah, the Eagles. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it wasn't a great week for us. Anyway, there's one thing we can all agree on. Yes. Football season brings us together. Yes, it does. A connection like that deserves to be celebrated with a light beer that's just as great. And at just 96 calories a can, Miller Lite is the only light beer you'll want to celebrate with all season long. Because with a Miller Lite in your hand, football doesn't just taste great. It's like Miller time. From kickoff till the final whistle, you can't go wrong with Miller Lite in your hand. It's the only light beer with a taste worthy of our national obsession. Because what's the point of having a beer if it doesn't taste like, well, beer? Yeah. It's got only 96 calories and 3.2 carbs per 12-ounce serving with a smooth taste and a crisp, clean finish. You get the taste you crave without the calories. So this season, crack open a light beer that hits your taste buds so hard you feel it in your heart. Make it Miller time all season long. Get Miller time delivered right to your door. Visit MillerLite.com slash FFF or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories and 3.2 carbs for 12 ounces. Hey, that was pretty good. Nailed it. Home Auto Prize Sports Memorabilia. Whatever you need to protect, Geico can help get you covered. And with the award-winning Geico mobile app and 24-7 claim support and on-the-go policy access, it is easy to Geico. Go to geico.com today. All right, Mike Clay and Daniel Dopp here talking about our week 14 recap. Mike, let's start. Go ahead. Yeah, where else to start but with the powerhouse offense of the week? The New okay. York Jets. Uh, naturally. This is what we all thought. We thought, yeah, when a quarterback gets benched and then they don't want to start reportedly, yes. and then they finally agree <laughs> against their will to start for this team that they can't score touchdowns all season long, that they will be the most explosive and entertaining offense of the week. By the way, they had, what, zero points at halftime yep. in this one? Yep. And yet, 
Here we are. Here we are. Zach Wilson throws for 301 yards, two touchdowns, plus he has 12 yards on the ground, good enough for 19.2 fantasy points. Boy, I'll tell you what. I, like This is less about Zach Wilson because we're not going to use him in fantasy, but in this game at least, in this one, he absolutely elevated everyone else around him, Mike. Brees Hall, 10 carries for 40 yards, plus eight catches for sure 86 did. yards and a receiving touchdown on nine targets. Brees Hall is tied for second among running backs with 52 receptions on the season. He is getting so much work in the passing game. How'd you feel when you were looking out here at this offense? Not just Brees Hall, but Garrett mm-hmm. Wilson as well. Yeah, so well, a few things here. I, I, we'll start with Brees Hall since you just brought him up. Uh, yeah, another poor rushing day. So he's yeah. really been surviving on the receiving uh, 50 or fewer rushing yards in eight straight games. Wow. But he's averaging 47 receiving yards per game during yep. that span. So that's really bailed him out. Uh, five top 12 fantasy weeks in his last nine games. He's been exactly in the 21st to 27th range in the other four. So he's given you a high floor, even when he's kind of had a down game because of the usage okay. 18 touches per game during that nine game span, 89.8 yards per game, five touchdowns. He's been fine. I mean, as far as delivering in a really poor offense goes, he's been, he's been doing the job. He looks like the real deal. And when they have quarterback fixed in this offense, I think he's really going to thrive. So feeling good about him. From a long-term standpoint, yep. Zach Wilson, uh, not a guy you're adding on waivers. Correct. Let's just be clear about that. Yep. Uh, 19.24 fan, uh, to 19.24 fantasy points in this game. He's th- that's not even enough for a top 12 finish. So he will have zero but top 12s. He's currently QB season. 12 heading into Monday night football with four quarterbacks left to play. Yeah, so so he's very likely he will not be top. 12. That's that's correct. Zero carries, by the way, just not going to give you anything yeah. uh, with his legs. And then the only other guy really of note here is Garrett Wilson who's been living on volume. It's very, it's like the same season as last year. Yep. Where he just picked up where he left off with the, the poor quarterback play, 14 targets, nine catches and a buck. Oh eight. This will be his first weekly finish better than 13th this season. Wow. Really? First one of the season, first 20 plus point fantasy game in over a year. Week yep. 13 of last year. Yep. Uh, so it's been disappointing. Um, 10 plus targets in seven games, including seven of his last nine. He's not going to score touchdowns often in this offense, despite what we saw yesterday. Uh, but he's going to see 10, you know, he's going to see nine, 10, 11, 12 targets. It's going to be enough to start him in fantasy as a solid wide receiver too. That's just what we're going to have to deal with. If we yep. get that, we're going to be happy for the rest of the season. Just get us to 2024. Exactly. You got to be happy if you're getting that only a second game over a hundred receiving yards, which has been tough, but they get the Miami dolphins next week. Mm-hmm. There's at least a chance that game script could have them throwing a bunch, which would be great for both Brees Hall and Garrett Wilson with how much they're being utilized in the passing game. Not that I think the Jets will be as competitive, but uh, this could be a good one coming up. Yeah, it's going to be interesting because uh, Miami's pass defense has been much improved with Jalen Ramsey and Xavier Howard yes. on the perimeter since, since Ramsey's been back healthy. Uh, we'll see how, how they look tonight, of course. But again, if you're seeing 9 to 11 targets, you're starting, you're, you're starting them in fantasy yeah, for sure. Ex- exactly. Uh, by the way, we had a uh, red zone yesterday on uh for oh, ff now yeah, one did. of the questions will will the jets score 13 <laughs> points and at halftime they had zero i was like well i lost that because i was the only one i think to say yes for that uh and i was like well that's an l yeah you know i'm trying to protect my lead i'm up four games and you are you so are. i was feeling good in that second half i was a, a, a rare moment where i was a jets fan yeah go jets go jets got on it that done that's got it done right. for me that was a very surprising game in all honesty <laughs> yeah, but awesome hey listen all the stuff that zach wilson has had to go through all the stuff that we've talked about it's nice for him 
for me to be able to see him have a nice one on the field. I, yeah, look, I'm rooting for all these guys, uh, so for sure. But I did think that was odd last week to be <laughs> like, I don't want to. Like, I don't know what how much truth weird. there was to that. Yeah, if exactly. he didn't want to start, but if he didn't want to start, that's really bizarre. Because man, you got to play better. You yeah. know, it's on you too. Hey, let's talk about the Baltimore Ravens because they played pretty okay as well. Went deep into overtime. The way this game ended on a punt return for a touchdown. How about that? Was pretty exciting. Let's talk about Lamar Jackson though. 200, sorry, 24 for 43. So not super efficient when it comes to passing, but 316 passing yards plus three touchdowns and an interception. Oh, and 11 carries for 70 yards. Good enough for 31.6 fantasy points. Mm -hmm. This was classic Lamar Jackson out there this week in a game that we were wondering how much is he going to throw because of the rain and all Mm -hmm. the weather that was going on there. This was an incredible game. QB one heading into Monday night football. Yeah, he sure is. But you look at his last six games, very inconsistent. He has been yes. two top five fantasy outings, but four finishes outside the top 12. So man, the state of quarterback, we just, it's tough. <laughs> like, it's we, tough. we just can't, we just can't uh, get it done consistently. Uh, only a second game with 300 passing yards and his second with more than two passing touchdowns this season. Both of them happen uh, in the same game. Uh, good matchup this week playing Jacksonville third most fantasy points allowed to quarterbacks on a per game basis this season. So it's Lamar Jackson. He gets done with his legs. He's been fine as a passer. He's been a top end fantasy quarterback. So we're still starting him and, and really, really like the matchup obviously this week. Yeah, there were three guys that felt like he really zeroed in on this one, and that was Zay Jones and OBJ. Both had 10 Zay targets. Flowers. Sorry, did I say Zay Jones again? <laughs> I did a, that yesterday yeah, on you FF sure Now. Did. You sure did. Zay Flowers and OBJ uh, both had 10 targets. So you love being able to see that volume work. OBJ feels like a just he got a little bit lucky because of that deep touchdown pass. Without that, you would have had a different day. But you love seeing both of them get this kind of volume. And it wasn't just those two guys, although we can talk about them. Isaiah Likely also came on and looked good without Mark Andrews there. So without Mark Andrews, definitely getting some more targets to the rest of this receiving core. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I mean, Flowers, we've been starting and and now he's had two back-to-back 20-plus back point, yeah. point games, the first two of his career. So uh, we're feeling better about him, especially coming off a career-high uh, 11 targets and Beckham. Yeah. I mean, look, we're going to have to rank him at least as a flex option at this point. He's been good as of late 13 and a half fantasy points per game in his last five games, seven plus targets in three of five. He's still playing around half the snaps, yep. but the fact is the targets have been there for him. Um, hasn't had a 20 point game, but he has three touchdowns in his last four games. So feeling good about flowers, feeling good about Beckham as a flex option. And you mentioned a likely, I don't, like, I don't know if I feel like he's a must start at this point, but he's borderline based on what we've seen. 20% target share this week, 21% last week. That's that's starting caliber sort of uh, usage. But this was also the second highest fantasy point total of his career. So yeah. we don't want to get too carried away uh, on it. But the fact is he's kind of slipped right into the Mark Andrews role. Uh, the target's not quite equivalent to Andrews, but uh, definitely trending up. So borderline tight end one. That's what I, I have written down here. Not seeing peak Mark Andrews volume, but still enough targets to be rostered in more than 39.5% of leagues. Yeah, and he's playing that position. Like his route participation, his snaps are equivalent yep. to where Andrews was. That's a good sign. Yeah, you love to see that. So all three of these pass catchers, <clears throat> I think you at least have to look at. When you look at the running backs, it was tough sledding this week. Was there anything that you took away from either Keaton Mitchell or Gus Edwards no, in this I, one? I think it's we cannot start Gus Edwards right now because we're still using all three guys. Justice Hill had a role in this one. Keaton Mitchell. Uh, got Again, re- only nine carries. Why nine, will they not give him more what touches? Are, what were we talking about yesterday? His line on, on ESPN bet was 
9.5 and he had never been over that before uh, and of course he fell short now naturally i like i actually wrote up for the uh the bet playbook i wrote uh under rushing yards and i think he just got over oh, over that line but uh overall a good week uh for the playbook as we're going to get to a little later yes, so we, we had a little will. fun yes, again with that uh with that parlay so we'll, we'll talk about that uh later but nonetheless i think keen mitchell is your top flex option but this is a three-man backfield yep. and it, that's going to make it very risky to rely on after scoring five straight weeks this is his second week in a row that he did not have a touchdown for Gus Edwards. And it is a massive reminder that Gus Edwards is a touchdown dependent running back because he doesn't do anything for you in the passing game. And he doesn't get a ton of volume right now with everyone else in this offense. So unless he gets in the end zone, likely going to be tough sledding for Gus Edwards. Yeah, we have guys like him and Mostert scoring. Both of them have 12 plus touchdowns this year. And neither of them are guys that were like, yeah, we feel great starting them in fantasy. Uh, Neither of them, you know, it's frustrating. Yeah, it is very frustrating, unfortunately. So better days are ahead. You said they uh, draw the Jaguars next week in Jacksonville. So we'll see how that one goes. That'll be a big game. Both of these Mm -hmm. guys are making their way towards the fantasy playoffs or towards the regular NFL playoffs. Excuse me. All right. Back here on fantasy focus, Mike Clay and Daniel Dopp holding things down. Down. Mike, mm-hmm. let's dive into, we talked about some positive things. The Ravens had a really good game. We talked about the Jets and everything that Zach Wilson brought to the table. Now let's talk about a disappointing quarterback. Okay. Who Patrick, could this be? What? Patrick Mahomes. No way. We had him outside the top five for the first time since I can remember in ever. Our, in our ranks this yes, yeah, last as week. A, we as sure a did, ranking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this week. He is quarterback 18 before Monday night football when four quarterbacks still have to play 25 Mm -hmm. for 43, 271 yards and a touchdown plus an interception. Here are Patrick Mahomes last six finishes. And this Mm -hmm. you talked about this yesterday. Quarterback 32, quarterback 12, quarterback 14, quarterback eight, quarterback 17, quarterback 18. So right now he's had one finish inside the top that's, ten. That's Derek Carr. You're in talking the last about? six weeks. Are we at a point where Patrick Mahomes is just name value, and we're starting him because of the name, or is there a chance that you could go a different direction because of how bad he's like? If you're making the fantasy playoffs, it feels like it's been in spite of Patrick Mahomes, not because of Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, I mean, it's not just name. I mean, he gets the benefit of the doubt to an extent, but he is tenth in fantasy points per game at quarterback this season, so he's at least startable like he's a QB one even if he's not a good QB one he's not a good QB one right now he's a mid to back end QB one and frankly he's been worse than that as of late now the question becomes how are we going to rank him moving forward Uh, they play at New England this week we'll Uh see what the weather looks like a week from now Uh, but you know I'm probably gonna have him around QB eight or nine sort of in that range New England has been pretty good really good defensively over the last month or so Uh, so this could be another tough game for him uh, Patriots, by the way, six views fantasy points of quarterback. So just keep that in mind. Yeah. I mean, look, he's just not an elite fantasy option, a quarterback anymore, but he's been serviceable enough to hang on the QB one radar. And as we just talked about, everyone else is hurt. Like at least yeah. he's not injured. Like every, everyone else, and we might lose two more with uh, Herbert and Stroud. So he's going to still be a starting option this week, but I don't feel great about it. Yeah. You know, he has two weekly finishes better than seventh this season. Just know what? He doesn't have that upside. Like he's had in years past. Why? Like, what is that? Is that, I mean, cause he's rushing more than I think he ever has. Mm-hmm. Right. But he just, 
he doesn't feel like he's had that guy passing touchdowns, right? Yeah. Like, you know, Travis Kelsey has been fine, but he has not been Travis Kelsey. He, yeah. And it has been mm-hmm. late. Like the resurgence of Rasheed Rice has just been recent. We'll talk about him in a second, but like it, we, we've been waiting to see a guy. There hasn't been like the go-to guy in this offense. So this one has been really tough for me because yeah, this, yeah. go ahead. Go, no, go ahead. For me, when I look at this, it's just like, I don't know what to do with Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. I don't want to start him the way that I've watched him play these last handful of games. And that feels sacrilegious. Like the idea of even just saying those words out loud, I don't want to start Patrick Mahomes because this is a guy that still seems like he's got 35, 38, 40 point upside on any given week. Mm-hmm. He could find Travis Kelsey for 185 yards and three touchdowns next week against the, the Patriots. And I wouldn't be shocked. The only thing is we just it's like the guy that we used to see is no longer there right now because this offense just doesn't look like a Patrick Mahomes Chiefs led offense anymore. Yeah, no doubt about it. Part of it is game script with they're still winning games for the most part. They have this season. I believe they're eight and four now. Is it eight and four? Nine and four? Eight. Something like that. They uh, lost last night, right? So yeah. they are eight and five. Yeah. So, but nonetheless, they're still a team with a winning record. Their defense is playing well. It's not like he's in a lot of shootouts where he needs to throw for 370 yards and three touchdowns. Uh, and that has limited him uh, and not to mention the lack of skill guys, right? Yeah. It's just been disappointing for most of the season where she rice has come along now uh, and have been terrific and is a must start, probably going to be in our top 20 in the ranks this week. Uh, but yeah, Kelsey's down and the other guys have struggled badly. And we mm-hmm. saw that again in this week, a, a mistake by Kadarius Tony cost them another, what would have been a, a passing touchdown. So uh, it's, it's, it's all that. I mean, you think about moms, you think about games with three touchdowns, four touchdowns, maybe five touchdowns. He has two games with more than two this that's year. That's crazy. So that's where it is. That's what's happened. He just doesn't have that sort of pass volume or pass touchdowns, pass yardage. Those kind of things have been limited, even in a pass heavy offense. It's mm-hmm. just been disappointing. But at the end of the day, especially with all these injuries, he's still a guy that's going to be in our lineups. Yeah. Well, you talk about Rasheed Rice. I think we had talked about it yesterday. Are we watching this breakout happen before our eyes of Rasheed Rice, right? Over the last three weeks, mm-hmm. wide receiver nine in fantasy points per game, wide receiver six in targets, wide receiver three in receptions, wide receiver eight in receiving yards, and he found the end zone twice, 18.2 fantasy points last week. It in spite of the struggles that we have seen Mahomes and the rest of this offense has, Rasheed Rice feels like a lock it in. You got to start this guy moving forward. Yeah, by the way, did uh, you do the anytime touchdown bet? I did. We talked about you yes, did. We did. Money in the, every other week. He, every scored, other week. he scored exactly one touchdown in every other game going back to week five, which is kind of incredible that it's just kind of gone back it and just forth. Like a little way. fluky, but just yeah. kind of a fun little stat. Uh, but yeah, he's been awesome. Target shares have been huge. He has clearly established himself as our number one receiver. Yep. It's three games in a row now. I don't, if they go away from him now and he plays 52% of the snaps and his three targets, like, like that, well, like, what are we doing? Like, are we the yep. Falcons at right. this point? Like, what, what are you doing? I don't think that's going to happen though. I think they've uh, settled on him as their guy. And frankly, they're number one right now. Yep. He's out targeting and outperforming uh, Travis Kelsey. He should be a lineup block. And again, I don't know if I rank him 17th this week, it might be too low. Yeah. Honestly, I don't think he could be outside our top 20. Travis Kelsey continues to be consistent with his floor, right? 14.3 fantasy points. He had six catches for 83 yards on 10 targets, but it, it just feels like, I don't want to say we lost our ceiling for Travis Kelsey, but that ceiling is just not something that we're seeing as often as we're used to seeing it. He still has 25 point upside, but we're seeing more 
13, 14, 15-point Travis Kelsey games, which is a little different than what we thought coming into this game with the way that he has dominated that tight end position. So I think that's Mm -hmm. obviously factored into a little bit with the way that uh, Patrick has struggled here. Yeah, and that's just an extension of what we just laid out with Mahomes. If the yards aren't there and certainly the touchdowns aren't there, I mean, Kelsey can't have a two or three touchdown game if they're only scoring one or two touchdowns, right? So uh, that's that's been the problem for him as well. Uh, I'm not sure he's playing at the level he was in years past either, which I don't know. We we thought he was past his prime going into last year, coming off a down year, and he bounced back in a big way. So maybe if he has some additional help next year, maybe a bounce back year. But right now, yeah. And by the way, still the number one fantasy tight end. Yes. Again, it's just the state of the position is yes. not great. He's just not, uh, he doesn't have that separation over the field like he did in the past. Yeah, technically he should have had a seven. Well, I shouldn't say should have had a seven catch. Could have had a seventh catch for a number of yards. And uh, I don't know how they would have ruled that play that didn't count, but that would have been something to figure out. He would have out. got through a catch and receiving yards, and then Tony would have got the additional there. receiving so yards. And the still touchdown. would have had the touchdown pass. No, I think he would have. Yeah, I think, would have, I think it's still a touchdown the pass. Lateral, there's, a lateral, there's a lateral, so it's still a touchdown pass. Okay. And then Tony gets the receiving yards and the touchdown catch. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was a. That was a play I'm sure everyone has been talking about a bunch. We'll uh, we'll keep moving on for right now, though. <laughs> Let's talk about Zach Moss on this one. Zach Moss, this was the second week we thought, you know what? No Jonathan Taylor. I'm going to keep trusting the process. He's going to keep getting volume. Mike, second week in a row, unfortunately, trusting the process did not work out for fantasy production. Yeah, it wasn't great. Uh, 89% of the snaps, though. He was on the field. He was still a full-time guy. And by the way, had opportunities at the goal line. This could have went di- way differently. Um, and sometimes that's the nature of the beast with fantasy football. Sometimes the process is right. I have no qualms starting him. He's still, you know, you look at the last two weeks, he's 32 carries and seven targets. I'd like to see more target volume, but the 32 32 carries carries? is big, but still under two. Yeah. Under 10 fantasy points in both. So it's been disappointing, but again, I'm still going to rank him as now maybe a good RB two because you can't argue with this volume. And again, it's not, he, he was right there. Like if he falls another direction, he might have a touchdown. Maybe he would add a second touchdown. He was there. He would, and we're going to always chase the volume uh, in this sort of situation. And by the way, from a DFS standpoint, he was, we loved him in cash. I yep. had him in my lineup each of the last two weeks and had two of my best weeks of the season because he was so cheap. You're able to build around that. That's why you go after guys like that. Like his, he's still going to get you a handful of points, at least uh, at that low price point. Uh, and again, I'm, if we bench him this week, you know, he's going for 25. The, exactly. the volume is just too, too good right now. If you say to me, Daniel, do you want to start a running back that has 39 touches over the last two weeks? The answer yeah. is always going to be yes. Of course. At Period. least as a flex floor of a flex. No yep. doubt. Yeah, I'm with you. All right, back here on Fantasy Focus, Daniel Dopp and Mike Clay diving into our Week 13 recap. Mm -hmm. Mike, we just came out of a handful of players that were frustrating for fantasy managers. Let's talk about someone that we actually had lowered expectations on coming into this game in Cooper Cup. Eight catches for 115 yards and a touchdown on 10 targets, 25.5 fantasy points. Because of the weather and the rain and all the things, we didn't think that we were going to see a lot of passing in this one. Mm -mm. So we had Cooper Cup. I had him just outside my top 25. Still, I was saying he was a flex play uh, for us, but he was about as low as I had ever had him. Looked fantastic in this one. Is there any momentum do you think that can be carried into the next game with the commanders coming out of this? Yeah. So just a few minutes ago, we talked about Zach Moss and why you just follow volume, right? And that applies to wide receivers as well. And, and, uh, as though cup had been struggling, he was seeing a lot of targets and a big target share. Uh, so now you look at the last two weeks, 18 targets. It's nine per game. That's great. You're not benching a player getting that much volume, nope. 14 catches. So good efficiency, 14 out of 18, <clears throat> 154 yards and two touchdowns. He's ninth in fantasy points per game among receivers over the last two weeks. So it's like last week we're pan- like literally what? 24 hours ago. Uh-huh. We're panicking about this guy. <laughs> He's top 10 in fantasy points per game that quick. And that's, that's not just yesterday. That's back to back. Yeah. Uh, pretty good games this week, by the way, 
great matchup. Yeah. They draw Washington. Now, Washington's coming off the bye, but especially since they traded away their two edge rushers, atrocious defensively, especially against the past second most fantasy points allowed. So Cooper Cup, Puka Nakua, feeling great about this situation this week. Look, we're not going to overreact. We're not going to put Cup fifth and Nakua seventh. They're not at that level. We've seen too many duds over the last month and a half, but enough that you feel better starting them, especially in this matchup. I thought it was very fun. That's nothing to do with fantasy, but in listening to this game uh, and watching it, it was cool to talk about. I think Aaron Donald had said the only quarterback that he had not sacked in his career that he wanted to was Lamar Jackson. Mm -hmm. That's the one guy he has been trying to get to. And it's like the one guy that he can never get to because Lamar is just Lamar, which was very (laughs) Very fun. But this was a very fun game to watch. Uh, I love being able to watch Matthew Stafford still. So being able to have him find, you know, Cooper Cup and like he looked out there, you needed a streamer like he didn't look terrible. Yeah, Stafford hasn't been great uh, from a fantasy perspective. But again, he is maybe this week's he's a streamer at the injuries and this good matchup against Baltimore. And I thought he looked pretty sharp in this one. I thought he I thought he looked good late in the season. Tough environment at Baltimore and he looked good. So uh, I hear you at the very least. He's playing well enough to keep. Nakua and, and Cup afloat Cup. in fantasy. That's what and we Kyron want. Kyron Williams is going to keep being Kyron Williams. He's still getting, he might have 37 touches. Exactly. This week. The volume like is unreal. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, Mike, let's move ahead and talk about Sunday night football. Let's I, not do that. Well, <laughs> I want to, I don't know if I should start this one off or if I just open up the floor because you yeah. being our resident Eagles fan, when you're watching your Eagles offense, let's start <laughs> you, there. You know, it's bad when like the first stat for the <laughs> Eagles is a defensive touchdown. That's always great. That's always a great sign always, that things went well. Yes. <laughs> When you look at this offense, Jalen Hurts, 18 for 27, only 197 yards. I mean, what happened here for the Philadelphia Eagles? Uh, Well, I mean, they're just not playing well lately. I feel like they were hanging. I I feel like if you watch the Eagles all season long, you're not totally shocked by this. Like I picked, I thought the Chiefs would beat them. I picked the Chiefs that week. Um, I thought the first time they played Dallas, I thought it was a toss up. Then they beat Buffalo and it's just like, man, whoever they play, they play to that level of competition. They lost to the Jets. They almost lost to Washington. They kind of just been hanging on. And the offense is weird. Like it struggles in the first half. Then it gets going and they just barely win games. And it's kind of catching up with them now because yeah. they're not as good as their record indicated. Um, and I actually, I'm biggest Eagles fan, you know, maybe. And yep. I picked them to lose each of the last two weeks. And they have. They're just not playing well enough right now. Um, and they, they went into Dallas and played a surging red hot really talented Cowboys team and they got their butts kicked for the second week in a row. I will say this from a fantasy perspective. Jalen hurts will be fine. Okay. He was a top 12 scoring fantasy quarterback in 11 consecutive games before Sunday night. This was his worst fantasy output since that game in week 18 against the giants last season, much better matchup. Now it's not the Niners and the Cowboys like the last two weeks they're playing at Seattle uh, in this one, a team that hasn't has been inconsistent. We'll say defensively. So not worried about him from a fantasy standpoint. Better days ahead. Better days ahead. And by the way, the Eagles arguably have the easiest remaining schedule this season yes. at Seattle. Yep. Then they have the Giants twice, and I believe Arizona is the other game. So rest of the schedule, beautiful for them. Gosh, that would be really nice for the fantasy players. Yeah, at Seattle, New York Giants, Arizona at home, is. and then finishing at, at New York. So that's tough. Yeah, all, uh, that's the North, all in the Northeast after after Monday night. So if they get past that one. And by the way, losing these two games, the the conference is wide open, so they might have to play competitively in the final two weeks of the season. It's not going to be like... If they won the last two and they're resting everyone. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So if you're playing into week 18, that will uh, be a variable for you. Both of these wide receivers at least saw 10 plus targets. How do you feel about both AJ Brown and Devontae Smith? Uh, I mean, Smith actually with Dallas Goddard back still sustained a high target share. So you feel better about that. Uh, He's a guy we're still, you know, whatever. I mean, we're talking about two lineup blocks. AJ Brown was terrific. He got slowed in the first half. Stephon Gilmore was on him a lot. And then just a lot of big fantasy day. The guy is such a high floor. The target share was 
33%, I believe, in this one, which is huge. Same old story. Brown, top five fantasy wide receiver. Devontae Smith still a wide receiver two. Going to knock him a little bit with Goddard back, a fringe wide receiver two. Lineup locks. All right, so then here, this is the real question in this offense. What the heck are we doing with DeAndre Swift? Yeah, this is the like, question. This mm-hmm. is the hard part, right? Getting some volume, but this is his fourth game out of the last five where he has not reached 10 mm-hmm. fantasy points. Single digits in this one, 11 carries for 39 yards. And the thing that is most alarming to me and has been all season long, no passing work. Yeah. He's turned into a touchdown dependent or he needs a bunch of touches to be able to score fantasy points. He's just not getting other than a handful of games early in the season. He has not seen a lot of volume in the passing game. So looking at DeAndre Swift, you talk about how good this Eagles matchup is for the rest of the season with mm-hmm. this schedule. How do you feel about DeAndre Swift and the confidence that you can have in him given how he's played recently? Yeah, well, first of all, I'll say I'm going to start him this week at Seattle. Fifth most fantasy points to running back. So again, we're he's just played Dallas and San Francisco. It's been tough sledding. Yep. Before that, it was you know Buffalo, Buffalo and Kansas, Kansas City, City and, then and Dallas, Dallas again. That. I mean, yep. it's been a rough row, but he does have... Uh, they're, they've... His snaps are down a little bit the last two weeks on top of the fact that he is now under 10 fantasy points in three straight and four of his last five, 17 total carries in his last two games had zero targets in this game to your point, but he had six last week. So that's been inconsistent, but uh, three or fewer targets in six of his last seven. Yep. So there's kind of a lot to unpack there, but the fact is they've scaled back his work a little bit. The passing game work is not great and and certainly down from earlier this season and, and his efficiency and production uh, has not been great either. However, we just said it. The schedule is going to be better over the final month of the season. Uh, I do think better days are ahead. I'm going to rank him a little lower based on his recent usage, but still going to be a borderline RB2 against Seattle. It's a good, it's a good matchup. I just yep. think the offense is going to look much better the final month. I'm My biggest concern is those games against the Giants because we've talked about it. Is that going to stop being a DeAndre <laughs> Swift week and will that become a Boston Scott week? So yeah, we'll over under. That. I'd say the over under on Boston Scott touchdowns in those two games is probably one and a half yeah. uh, safely, you know, well, considering he doesn't touch the ball a lot, but uh yeah, I take the over if I could get it. if you could get it there. Yeah, <laughs> let's talk about these Dallas Cowboys. They look fantastic again playing at home. This was uh, I don't know, like their hundredth game scoring 30 or more points. They're just unreal, especially in Dallas. That offense is just clicking. I don't know as though there's an offense that looks better right now than mm-hmm. well, maybe 49ers and the Cowboys both look fantastic. Wait, before we started this, you should have said, here we go. That's it. That's <laughs> it. Every time. That's by the way, if you, if you watch the game, you know, uh, from from uh, from Chris Collinsworth, uh, a great guy. I love him. Uh, not defaming him at all here, but that's why they're playing so well. <laughs> that it. was a hot topic last uh, night. Say that. Lo- love Chris, by that the way. Really but, good. Uh, that was a fun topic last night. But anyway, yeah, they're they're crushing it. They're crushing yep. it. Dak has been fantastic. Actually, 17.9 fantasy points in this game. Second lowest in his last eight games. Lowest. Yep. I mean, that's like his floor, 17 points. He'll take that all day long. 26.7 per game in his last eight games. After that, rough first month of the season. Droppable in fantasy, frankly. He's been he's been elite. And everybody that you think is a lineup lock in this offense, Tony Pollard, you're still starting him. CeeDee Lamb, you're still starting him. Jake Ferguson, you're still starting him given what the tight end position is. Like I, this is this offense is it clicking as much as it possibly can be. It looks yeah. Like. And by the way, eight targets for uh, Pollard matched a season high oh, in this that. one. Didn't score. He had a touchdown in three straight games. Didn't score in this one, but at 96 yards. So he's been much better as of late. Yeah, that's what we've been looking for for Tony Pollard. Hopefully that continues into our fantasy playoffs. Mm hmm. 
All right, Mike, let's talk about a couple other big weeks here. Another huge week for David and Joku. Uh, I know, you know what? You know why this one hurts me? Tell me. Why Why does this hurt me? Come on. Do, you, did, were you playing FF were you now against David and Joku? No, 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 no. I have Njoku. Again, he was another guy getting cut like a month of the season in fantasy because he got off to a slow start. It hurts me because he's been my DFS cash game lineup tight end for like a month straight right now because he's been really solid and his price has not gone up and he's just, you know, scored a couple touchdowns, had a good game. He was just kind of holding down the fort. He's not going to be cheap this week. Not this week. Not, this no. is what happens. Okay. Eight targets, six catches, 91 yards, two touchdowns. Second highest fantasy point total of his career. Yep. In this one for David and Joku. Um, but again, the volume, this is why we chase volume. Yeah. Right. 8.6 targets per game and 55 yards per game in his last eight outings, 10 plus fantasy points in eight of nine. He has had such a, a high floor. And now you saw uh, what seeing that kind of usage will lead to. Sometimes you're going to have these spike weeks. And that's what we saw from Njoku. So we're not going to get two touchdown games most of the time, but a good connection here with Joe Flacco and a good matchup this week against Chicago. They've given up a ton to the tight end position. So uh, Njoku certified tight end one, by the way, his target share kind of down a little bit this week. Uh, like you might say like, okay, it's Joe Flacco. Uh, you know, he's, he's just locking in on him. That connection's great. The efficiency has been good, but targets were down uh, a little bit, but the production continues to be excellent. So Njoku, uh, just outstanding. Joe Flacco threw the ball 45 times exactly. on Sunday. Yeah. Like that is a ton. So yeah, as long as it looks good. He, yeah, yeah. Honestly, he really does. And it's, it's very clear to me that Njoku has become a consistent target for Joe within this offense. And I think you said it, something similar to this, but at least 10 fantasy points in seven of his last yeah. eight. So like he's been a very high floor for everything that at you tight need end. at the tight end position. Exactly. You know you're getting 10 plus at tight end. You'll take that yep. all, all day long. Every yeah. single time. Mm-hmm. So he is a lock it in, set it and forget it. Tight end one for us right now. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about the Atlanta Falcons. We haven't talked about them in this show in a while. Yeah, well, I said on FF now, it's a team we don't talk about anymore. I didn't want to talk know, about them, right? but uh, they were actually formidable, you know, in this one, uh, at least from a fantasy perspective. The question is, will it continue? That is the question on the DFS segment. Tyler came in and said, you know what? I'm going to play Drake London in my DFS lineup. Old if move. you can't get it done against the Bucks, then who can you get it done against? Fair point. And Drake London got it done against the Bucks. 10 catches for 172 yards on 11 targets, 29.2 fantasy points. Best game of the season. Only his second game with 10 or more targets, though. That's the frustration here for Drake London. Like, I, this kid is so good. This is mm-hmm. one of those things. I watch a game like this, and I'm like, why are we not throwing the ball to this guy this much yeah. every single game this year, Mike? I don't understand it. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and not really, not necessarily the best game of his career. O- not necessarily only the best game of his, of his season, maybe of his career. Of his career, he had career yeah. highs and catches yards and fantasy points in this one with 29.2. Uh, but here's the thing. Second weekly finish better than 19th this year. Wow. Only the second better than 19th. 29th or lower in his prior five games. So can we trust this after no. what we've seen? Absolutely not. I'm not there yet. I need to see it more. Uh, excuse me. <clears throat> And facing Carolina this week, teams run on them. And that's what Atlanta wants to do. They're the run-heaviest offense in the NFL. We'll see a lot of Bajon Robinson in this game. Tyler Algier, Cordell Patterson will be mixed in. Could be a four-target, two-catch, 27-yard game from Drake London. Uh, I hope I'm wrong. I hope you're wrong. And they open up this offense finally, but I'm not confident that it will happen. So uh, I'll be ranking London as a deeply flex at best. I just don't trust it yet. Well, you talk about those two games where he was top 20. 
You look at what they've done. Ironically, the two games he has this year with 10 or more targets, nine for 25, nine for 125, 21.5 fantasy points in this one, 10 for 172 for 29.2 fantasy points. He's had over 20 fantasy points in both of the weeks. He's seen mm-hmm. at least 10 targets. I, I think the hard part, like you're describing, is what are you going to do with him this week against Carolina? Because this is one of those games where it's like, wow, am I going to bench a guy coming off of a 29-point week going into the fantasy <laughs> if playoffs? If you've watched the like, Falcons last two the, years. If, yeah. if you've seen <laughs> yeah. the way this offense, like it, it's a that would be a bold move to go with Drake London. But this kid is so good at football. Honestly, Kyle Pitts looked pretty okay in this one too. Three for 57 and a touchdown on six targets. I don't know how to quantify what to do with Kyle Pitts at this point. He's still that guy that it's like he's going to be outside my top 10 of tight end because he just doesn't see enough within mm-hmm. this offense on a week in and week out basis. This just happened to be one of the weeks where you find the painted area it helps you in the fantasy department. Yeah, this is an interesting one. Uh, double digit fantasy points only three times a season, weeks five and six. And then this, this, this game, week yep. 17, 14 targets in his last two games. That is up his use his target shares up. Uh, and I was like, is this just a fluke? You know, because we've seen this before from him, including weeks five and six or earlier this year. Yep. But his route participation up substantially the last two weeks, back to where it was in his when he was peaking a couple of years ago, and where he was to open this season. I'm wondering if now he's finally healthy, and they're like, "All right, let's like expand really? his role. Okay. If we're throwing the ball, he's going to run a route." That has not been the case for most of this season, so there could be something here. Now, again, I'm with you. Um, you know, I think it's like I, we like to be cautiously optimistic. I'm yes. cautiously pessimistic with exactly. the, Falcons off, yeah. the Falcons offense. I'm not going to dive back in on Pitts and rank him ninth this week, but I like the fact that he's running more routes and the targets are following. So we'll see what this ha- what happens in week three. If you're in a desperate, so- uh, desperate spot at tight end and you want to stream him, I think you have some justification for that, but you're safer waiting another maybe one more week and we'll see how it goes. We'll see how that continues to play out. All right, let's talk about the Chicago Bears here real quickly. Mike, the running back situation feels like it's just been back and forth all year long. For a while, we thought Rashawn Johnson was the guy, and then mm-hmm. Cleo Herbert also looked good. Deontay Foreman feels like the guy in this one, 11 carries for 50 yards. Plus, it's like the only one that was getting targets there. Three targets, two Correct. receptions for 22 yards. All of that was only good enough for 9.2 fantasy points. But it did feel like Deontay Foreman, if you were looking for a running back, was the guy in this one. Yeah, there's no doubt. I mean, Foreman for a big stretch earlier this season with a, was a healthy scratch for this team. Uh, but when Herbert went out, he stepped in and played well and essentially took the job. Like yep. it, it seems that he has taken the lead back job. It wasn't even close. 37 snaps. Rashawn Johnson played 18. Khalil Herbert 11. So he outsnapped them combined in this game. You mentioned it. 11 carries to four combined for them. 16 pass routes to 13 combined for the other two. Wow. He's the lead man right now in the Chicago offense. And by the way, are the Bears good now? Like, I want to say great, but like, are they in maybe an average team? Like they, I think so. They did a number on the Lions really twice. I mean, the Lions came back and won the first one, Barely. but they've been competitive now. Yes. Getting Montez sweat. They're having a healthy Justin Fields in this chemistry with DJ Moore, which by the way, looks I mean, unreal. That, that connection, five straight really good fantasy games for DJ Moore when Fields has been out there. Uh, they might have something here. They're, they're building something there in Chicago, and that team is much better than it was earlier this season. Well, thankfully, they don't have a good draft pick this year. Oh, wait. <laughs> no, they have the first overall pick, and they're going to have to figure out what they're going to do with that. I mean, yeah. that's really the big question mark. I think Justin Fields playing well right now is as good as it can get for Justin. Like He needs to play well. well. Yeah, this final month is a huge evaluation for him. period. And by the way, of course, they have that first pick because they have Carolina's first overall yes. uh, first pick because of the Bryce Young trade. Uh, so they'll pick first and then probably like eighth or something. So perhaps a bright future here for Chicago. But you're right. You got to get quarterback right. Yeah. Gosh, that is tough. 
Um, all right, let's talk Justin Fields really quickly in this one. He owns my Detroit Lions. I just want to say this. In the two mm-hmm. games he's played against Detroit this year, 30 carries for 162 yards and a touchdown. Wow. Both games, it was over 20 fantasy points. He's looked unreal. And because mm-hmm. of the connection with DJ Moore, I'm starting to have different thoughts based on what we've seen. Mike, I think you had laid out on fantasy football now the last four healthy games with DJ Moore with Justin Fields, uh, 27.1, 49. 22.6 and 22.4. And then last, uh, excuse me, yesterday, 26.8. He just mm-hmm. continues to add to it. He's had over 22 fantasy points in five straight games with a healthy Justin Fields under center. Is there a better wide receiver right now, not named Tyreek Hill, over the last five games like that than, than no, DJ no, Moore? He, no, he's been nothing short of a lead. You're putting up there, him up there with Tyreek and CeeDee Lamb during that yeah, stretch. Now, CD, of course. The, the question is, uh, can he sustain that? This week, because they're playing Cleveland in Cleveland, that's going to be a a much tougher matchup. Uh, So, but I mean, we're still starting more target share has been huge. He's been productive. They're starting to give him the ball in the running game or two. He's had a couple carries, which is a change. We haven't seen a lot of that in Chicago. It's something he did a lot in Carolina, actually had a rushing touchdown uh, in this game. Uh, But as for Justin Fields, same kind of thing here, right? His legs make him a guy that's, that's really hard to bench his last five uh, full games. His fantasy finishes are fourth, first, eighth, 22nd and third pending Monday night football this week, two games, obviously um, big time rushing production though, since he's been back. So even though this is a tough matchup against Cleveland, I think we knock him down to like a back end QB one. You're still going to start him because, it, because even if he can't throw it, and he throws for 120 yards and one touchdown, he might run it for 80 yards and, and, and another touchdown. Exactly. So uh, that's going to be enough for top 10, top 12 numbers. So yeah, we're still starting. Them. Yep. All right. Let's talk about before I, we move on to the next one. We did get official word breaking news. Justin Herbert will not start on Thursday. He is going to miss Thursday night football game. That comes from Adam Schefter. We expected that based on some of the news that we've heard, but just making sure that everyone is aware so that we are fully up to date with everything. Yeah, that's better than hearing he's officially out for the season. So we'll keep yes. an eye on that. Hopefully we get him back for uh, the fantasy playoffs Yeah, in a couple of like the second, third round of the fantasy playoffs, but uh, we'll see. It's going to be tricky with a broken finger and you're it, throwing it. It would be tough. Yeah. Hey man, if you need a backup streaming quarterback, so I right now in our fantasy focus league where I'm in second place, Justin Herbert is my quarterback. And he just got hurt. So now heading into the playoffs, my other quarterback with Josh Dobbs. Not a great option necessarily in week 15. So for me, I'm going to go out and look at a guy like Jake Browning. Mike, with the way that he's played the last couple of weeks, 18 for 25 and excuse me, 18 for 24 in this one, 275 yards, two touchdowns and an interception. Plus got into the end zone again with his legs, 23.7 fantasy points currently rostered in just 28.6% of fantasy leagues. Jake Browning feels like he's on the streaming radar. By the way, you just reminded me that in our dynasty league, which I'm in the battling for the one seed with with Matthew, uh, I have Justin Herbert and I had Deshaun Watson. That's super flex. I'm going to, it's going to be Geno Smith and Russell Wilson for me in the uh, first round of the playoffs here. Or no, I guess I, I I should have a buy buy. next week with, with Herbert out. So let's hope he comes back. (laughs) Are you going to make the playoffs in that one? I will not. Uh, I have a chance to, even though I didn't want to. Yeah. You didn't want to. (laughs) No, I was trying to be at the, at the tail end of everything, but CJ Stroud and some of the other guys on my roster have just like kept me in it though. I didn't expect it. So (laughs) that's good though. You're over. Yeah. You're uh overachieving in a, in a rebuild year. That's good. Uh, but anyway, we'll, uh, we'll come back to that at some point, but anyway, uh, yeah, Browning 
has been terrific. He's playing at a very high level. Uh, Cincinnati has switched away from one of the pass heaviest offenses in the league to one of the run heaviest over the last two weeks, but that doesn't stop Browning from putting up fantasy points, 23 plus in his last two games, 275 plus passing yards and a rushing touchdown yep. in both of those games. Uh, and, and how about this for efficiency? 61 pass attempts. He completed, he's completed 50 over the last two yeah, weeks, pretty good. 82%. They play Minnesota this week, a team that just shut a team out, but uh, it is a game that's at home in Cincinnati and he's been playing well. I'm not super worried about the Minnesota defense. So Browning is, I don't know. I, I don't know if I'm going to rank because they're running so much. I don't know if I feel great streaming him, but if you're in a tough spot, he's an option. You should be on benches right now. The way I'm he's in a tough spot. So like I may, yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. going to be in a spot where I've got to go to the waiver wire to find someone. And I think he's one of the guys I'm at least going to look at here yeah. in this one. So uh, Mike, really quickly, let's close this this YouTube segment out by talking about the parlay because you are on fire. Oh my gosh, fantasy focus parlay hits again. Mm-hmm. Everyone needs to start paying attention to Mike Clay. Tell us what yeah, you finally you're one. learning. Exactly. Finally, I'm getting through to you. Yeah, uh, uh, these uh, hit quickly. Like Chuba Hubbard actually was close. Well, it seemed close because he got hurt early in that game. He left and went to the blue tent. I was like, uh oh. Uh, but, but then he, he came like back in and he was already at like rushes, when he? I, when I checked, he was at like 11 carries immediately, like yeah. immediately. And then cleared this with ease, uh, Josh Allen. I took like, I think second quarter, he threw an interception, got that one. And then CD lamp first drive, uh, he scored and then there was a flag and then they picked up the flag. So we had a little drama on that one. But, uh, yeah, this, this felt like, uh, look, parlay. I'm never gonna say it's easy because there's so much variance in NFL, but these felt like uh pretty safe plays this week. Uh, yeah. So hopefully you all saw this one, played it for the second week in a row, but we're two for two. We're not going to keep, we're not going to always get them. Parlays are tough. Again, high variance game. We're going to exactly. miss legs once in a while, but uh, the bet playbook's been red hot the last couple of weeks. And obviously that's where I'm pulling these parlays from and, yep. and they've crushed for us. So see if we can do it again. Go check week that out. Number 15. We'll Absolutely. Try. Bet playbook available on ESPN plus and ESPN bet. You can download the app. Must be 21 or older gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right. Back here on fantasy focus, Mike Clay and Daniel dot finishing out our week 14 recap. And Mike, we're not recapping anything right now. We're talking Monday night football. We got two games tonight to be able to look at mm-hmm. Titans and that's dolphins right. and Packers at giants couple things that we want people to know in this one. First and foremost, doesn't sound like we're going to have Aaron Jones Correct. in this yeah. one. So if you have Aaron Jones still in your fantasy lineup, make sure that you go pull him out. Hopefully you have A.J. Dillon or one of the other running backs in this game. Or maybe you move him to a flex, like I suggested on, Sun- on FF Now, so that you can have someone to play. But make sure that you have him out of your lineup. Um, honestly, Mike, when I'm looking at these games, it, to me, it's about one thing. I'm watching Tyreek Hill. I want to see what does Tyreek Hill do? How much closer are we getting to 2K watch knowing that he's going to break my Calvin Johnson's record, right? It's, it's very important to me that that records, in spite of the fact that there's an extra game, I don't care about that. I love that records get broken. I like mm-hmm. this is part of what is fun about football. So for me, sure. I want to see what Tyreek Hill looks like in this one. He played less than half the snaps last week against the commanders and still put up like 150 some yards. So mm-hmm. I'm very excited to be to be able to watch that and see how Tua and Tyreek look as well as Jalen Waddle. What are you looking for in these two games? Yeah, I'm with you in Miami, by the way, very aware uh, oh, what yes. he's going for. It's not a, it's like, eh, they're, oh yeah, we didn't realize he was that close. Everyone knows what Mike he's trying McDaniel to do. Here. Seems like the kind of coach that wants to 100%. help his players get there. 100%. Man. Great matchup here against Tennessee. Just what he needs. Another great matchup yep. here for Tyreek Hill. So uh, watching that, we'll see uh, Devon Achan. I want to see if he is another, you know, pushes for 18, 20 touches again, because I mentioned this on FF now yesterday, Raheem Mostert 
took mo- like, I think it was 13 of the first 15 running back carries for Miami last week. And then it was a blowout and they rested everyone. Yeah. Then he took none of the final 18. And that's when HN took over. So is Mostert still the lead back? We're going to find that out. I'm watching that. And on the other side, I want to see uh, Tommy DeVito, see if he can kind of hold down the fort and be a uh, competent starter. Uh, he had, you know, we've seen some decent play from Jalen Hyatt lately. We have. Uh, we're not going to get Darren Waller this week, but maybe next week we'll see what DeVito can do. But I want them to get some use out of Jalen Hyatt because we're, look, for some of these teams, we're starting our evals for next year. Yes, and we, we will see, are we taking a flyer on Jalen Hyatt or is he a throwaway? Like we're trying to figure that kind of stuff out. I'll tell you what, um, is this is that time of year that reminds me of Amon Ross St. Brown as a Lions fan, as a rookie. It was a very tough beginning of that year, right? And you remember that end of that rookie year, he exploded it, yeah. and became a guy that it's like, we got to pay attention to him going into next year. That's exactly what we're trying to figure out. Rasheed Rice kind of feels like he's doing that for us this year, a little earlier than Amon Ra did. Oh, yeah. A little bit of those vibes for me within that offense. There's a lot of guys like that, actually, because Traylon Burks now full game yeah. back. Uh, he was limited last week off the concussion. I want to see what to expect from him going forward. Uh, the young Packers wide receivers, Jaden Reed, Reed, absolutely. Romeo Dobbs. Uh, you also have Dante Wicks, Wicks, who's a, a kind of a sneaky play this week. I think he was Adam. He was Adam, Adam Schefter's long, long shot, shot. Yeah. this week. He's a guy to, to watch without Christian Watson. And of course, Jalen Hyatt for the Giants as well. So interesting. This will be a fun, fun to watch those kind of young, play, young uh, wide receivers in this game. Yeah. I think that'll be very cool when you're watching this one. How are you going to watch it? You're going to do the the Manning brothers side by side experience. Absolutely. Okay, that's how I'm yeah. doing it too. Yeah, I'm doing. Uh, I want to see what that Manning cast uh, red zone, if yes. you will, looks like. So I love them guys. I think they do a great job analyzing the game as well. I'm learning stuff all the time because they just talk freely about yes, little, and they just were playing not long ago. They yep. just tell you all these things you never really think about. So uh, you know, no offense to Joe and Troy or no, a, a plus, a, elite as well, but uh, just love you know, mixing it up and, and they do a great job. So. I love the brotherly aspect of them. Not only Me being too. very yeah. smart football people, but the watching them go back and forth at each other is just, it's fun. Absolutely. Man. It's so funny. Yeah. So, so yeah, do a great job. All right. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. We'll be back tomorrow. Field Jates will hopefully join us. We'll find out. But for Mike, my name's Daniel. We love you guys. Don't forget to love each other. Be kind to yourself. We will see you tomorrow. Good luck on Monday Night Football. Mm-hmm. Peace. Field. A Langford fan for life Chargers are off to a terrible start But that won't change his mind Matching up all the cornerbacks Touchdown regression and weekly stats But if your team falls flat 